To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 107. Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to discuss what we discuss best in that sports. We appreciate you for tuning in. There's a couple housekeeping things we got to get out the way. Make sure that you're following us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. And we are also on the radio now in the New Orleans and Baton Rouge uh, markets, 99.1 FM. So if you're into the radio, we do have a segment every thursday from 9 to 12 on the simply simone show shout out to simone for putting us on well yeah we're on the radio 99.1 fm and also make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast we appreciate all the love we've been getting and we're gonna jump into it fellas i got my boy ramon in here as always what's up ramon how you feeling i'm doing all right bro how you feeling good man good man and we got loso over here Hey, man, can't feel any better, man. My team in the Super Bowl this weekend. Let's do it. Bro, we're going to get there, man. He just couldn't wait. (laughs) Okay, man, okay. I'm excited, bro. Y'all sound like some haters, bro. Not an intro that turned into a Ram segment. Come on. Right. Goodness gracious. (laughs) But, yeah, we're going to jump into it. But first, before we get to the Super Bowl, we have to get to the biggest news in the NBA, a huge blockbuster trade that has been speculated for the past couple months. James Harden will be headed to Philadelphia, and Ben Simmons will be headed – to Brooklyn. Subsequently, the smaller pieces, Paul Millsap will be going along with James Harden to Philadelphia. And along with Ben Simmons is Andre Drummond, uh, two first round picks and South Curry, the sniper will be headed to Brooklyn to join Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as part of the Brooklyn Nets. A very huge trade. I think that both trades will suffice. Ben Simmons finally got his freedom papers after not playing a single second for Philadelphia, as he said he wouldn't because of mental issues, but his mental health should be better now and he's he's been traded. So I just wanted to kind of get into that trade, guys. What's your first initial thoughts? Uh, oh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> you just ran that his mental health just all of a sudden got better. Workplace environment, man, it, it matters, man. It It matters. But um, no, nah, I think it was uh, I, honestly looking at it, you take out the picks and all that stuff. I think it was a good trade for both teams. You know, it makes sense on both sides. Um, you get obviously you add a, a good tall defender and a playmaker to two scoring guards on that team and Kyrie and KD and Ben Simmons, you know, and then you look at, you know, uh, James Harden being added to who is you know, in talks of being the MVP this year, Joel Embiid, you know, you had another score, a guy that's not afraid to shoot the ball, that is that has, that has came up in big moments at times 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see how those pairing goes. And, you know, I know um, James Harden is a good playmaker himself. Um, I love to see their pick and roll game in the playoffs. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they mesh going forward. They have half a season to really get it together and uh, make this playoff push. But um, I really think it was um, pretty much even, in my opinion, um, as far as their impact of both players to both stars that was involved in the deal. Yeah, I agree. I have some of those same sentiments. Uh, honestly feel that it was a deal that had to be made, needed to be made on both sides. Uh, we had all heard the uh, the rumors and the rumblings of James Harden not really being happy in Brooklyn anymore and wanting to get out of there. And we all know what Ben Simmons has been doing this entire season. And so when you have two stars at the center of this deal, that it was basically the writing was on the wall that they no longer obviously wanted to be where they were. Uh, I believe that it works out perfectly really for both teams. Um, I think that, you know, with Ben Simmons heading to Brooklyn, uh, as Lowe's kind of really already broke it down from a basketball sense, you know, I think that it's going to work out perfectly. You also can, you know, spread the floor around him. You can surround him with shooters. You got Kyrie Irving that can spread the floor. You got Seth Curry over there now. You know what Kevin Durant can do. You got a young Cam Thomas that's actually been balling lately uh, that I think will contribute to that team over there. Um, and then you kind of shored up your, your uh, front court a little bit, your front court depth. We're going to get an Andre Drummond to provide just some depth up front. And then um, when you look at it from Philly's perspective, I mean, what greater return can you really expect, you know, to, to part with Ben Simmons and to get, you know, James Harden to get a superstar in return to get Daryl Morey's guy back? You know, I know that Daryl Morey has been one James Harden over there. He tried to make some things work, even when James Harden, of course, was pardoned from Houston. And so, uh, now he really gets his guy back. And uh, who better to build around James Harden? Of course, Joel Embiid is there, so it's both of their team. But who better to build around James Harden than, than Daryl Morey? And so uh, I think that, honestly, it'll work out for both franchises. I don't too much get caught up in some of the smaller pieces. Like, people were really harping on the fact that, you know, that Philly gave up two first-round picks. And when I look at it, like those are going to be late first rounders. I think that sometimes those kind of picks are overvalued um, in a sense. And so I think that the deal works out for both sides and it was a deal that needed to be made and um, it'll work for both teams. Yeah, my initial thoughts was I'm glad that Philadelphia was able to uh, really um, unload Ben Simmons because I feel like it should have happened sooner rather than later. But I feel like Daryl Moore waited till the absolute last minute to be able to let Ben go. Um, I'm glad that the Ben Simmons saga is over with as a basketball fan because I want to see Ben Simmons get back on the floor and play. Um, but as far as the pieces fit, I honestly, if I was, if somebody held a gun up to my head and I had to choose who won this deal, because I feel like it's pretty, pretty even, I probably would lean towards Philadelphia um, but just because I'm not sure how Ben Simmons is going to fit with Kyrie Irving. Um, Kevin Durant is a hybrid. I think Kevin Durant's game is just so revolutionized that he can play with absolutely anyone. And he's proven that he coexisted with Russell Westbrook. And we see how that's going with LeBron in LA, but we're not going to even talk about that right now as, as Lakers fans, but just with Ben Simmons being ball dominant and is unable to shoot and Kyrie Irving being ball dominant and can shoot. I mean, I guess, I guess, I'm just interested to see how is this going to work? How is this going to feel? Because if, if Kyrie is controlling the ball, Ben is pretty much 
neutralize on the offensive end. So it's kind of interesting to see um, what Steve Nash will do to do this. I think one thing he probably will do is probably stagger the lineups maybe, um, just not having Kyrie and, and, and Ben sharing that many minutes except down to the clutch I mean, to the down to the clutch minutes down in the end of the fourth, but I'm just, I'm just, I mean, maybe I'll get you guys think something, but I just feel like that Ben and Kyrie Irving is just kind of a weird. I feel like Harden would fit better with Kyrie than Ben because Harden can shoot, Harden can play out ball, Harden doesn't need the ball to be effective, but Ben has to have the ball in the offensive end to be effective. Um, I, I agree with that. Um, I agree with it to an extent, though. Uh, what I will say to me is that uh, Kyrie, you know, even though he can be ball dominant at times, he's truly a two guard. He's an undersized two guard. And we know that Ben is really an oversized one. And so I believe that, you know, if Ben just comes into the role and it is more of a facilitator, then, you know, the ball probably will have to be in his hands a little bit more so that he can orchestrate things and can run the show. Uh, but just really let Ben run it as a point guard. Let Kyrie really play that two guard role. You know, we saw that when James Harden, obviously he's more conditioned to play off ball. But we saw when James Harden came over last year, you know, only they only played 11 games together. But in those 11 games that they played together, James Harden took the primary point guard responsibilities. He dialed back his shooting and all of that, focused on having basically double digit assists. And Kyrie played that true two-guard type role. So I think you'll see something similar. The fit isn't quite as good, but just because, like you said, Ben can't really play off ball, but I still think that it can work, you know, with Kyrie basically playing the two, Ben playing the one. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you know, it's just what's going to be interesting is seeing those other small pieces, you know what I'm saying? And it's just we've seen – how Andre German kind of plays, you know, and he's definitely not who he used to be, right? You know, we've seen him play with another big, Anthony Davis, it just wasn't there. We've seen him back up, you know, (laughs) um, Jarrell and B come in and play some solid minutes here and there. But, you know, I think he's going to pretty much be asked to be the starter now. And so it'll be interesting to see if they kind of, I don't know, they may go with LaMarcus Aldridge, two and go small lineup and bring him off the bench. So they may do that, but it'll be interesting to see how he also meshes with that team and these other pieces. But I, I think, again, I go back to it. I think it's an even deal. I, I, it's just going to really take, see how long it's going to take Ben Simmons to get in there. You know, they say his agent come out today and say that, um, that he's wrapping back up and he's getting prepared to come back and all that. So Hopefully he's been working out. He don't have to ramp up. You know, he ain't just been sitting at, sitting at home. Hopefully he's been working on his jump shot because that's what started all of this. Yeah, yeah. I know he um, – <laughs> yeah, yeah. That really is what all started all this. You luckily, know, I know he, luckily the gun laws are very strict in Brooklyn because Ben Simmons won't have an issue. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Isn't that a dad joke, bro? Definitely. Definitely a dad joke. <laughs> I wish I had the – Yeah. <laughs> Hey, but I will say this, too. I think it's going to be amazing just as a basketball fan to see Harden and Embiid just mesh because Harden is a is a very good playmaker, and I think that is very high. His basketball IQ is just so underrated. I mean, James has never been the most athletic guy. He's never been the fastest guy, but, you know, he's at the top of the scoring charts every year, and it's just because of his understanding of the game and that 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 – 
underrated jump shot that he has. Like, I mean, I think that I saw on a three-point list, he's like 10th all time right now, and nobody talks about it. Like, him and Curry right now in this era are the best shooters in in this era right now. And, of course, Curry is is ahead at a long shot. But, you know, know, James is right up there. So, I I mean, it's just interesting to see how they will mesh because MB finally has somebody that can take that pressure off of him. Like, I was telling someone today, like, when Ben Simmons was playing, you know, Ben Simmons, defender essentially could sag off and give some some help towards Embiid. And also the weak man could give help towards Embiid. But right now with Harden, with, with Harden ball handling and being the ball handling point guard, you can't sag off Harden. You sag off him, Harden's going to shoot your eyes out. If you if you go towards and try to overplay Harden, he can jump in inside MP, which they want. So I think that you know this makes Philadelphia significantly more more of a favorite to go to the conference championship, and it automatically brings them up to the elite Eastern Conference teams in the league. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. I agree with that point. Uh, one thing that I would would say as as shooters, I would throw Dame in there uh, for me over Harden uh, shooting wise all time. But that's just my take on that. Uh, the only thing I do want to say though, I think it is a, an excellent fit. But I'm don't need to see all the stuff on Twitter trying to compare this to Kobe and Shaq. Like just let that rest. I don't want to see yeah, that. Yeah, that never been to the coach yeah. shape. So just let that rest. I agree with everything that you said personally so you, about wait, the wait, wait, down, but wait, wait, wait. So oh, you, tell, you tell me if they run out three championships, you can't you ain't gonna say they they're not running out three championships. They are not running out three. They may get one. If Giannis Antetokounmpo decides to retire tomorrow, maybe they can run out three, but as long as he's in the league. Uh, they ain't not running out three. I don't know, man. I don't know. That Have team, you seen this I Bucks like, I, team play? I know, bro. Hey, I'm not, I know you I'm, did. I'm just like the I'm, I'm podcasting. Right. I'm podcasting. I, I, you, come on now. I know. They, you can't even compare them to that. Just what Kobe did defensively. Oh, so that's what you be doing when you're having these LeBron takes. And when you <laughs> no, no. Game, I really feel that way about podcasting. LeBron. <laughs> no. No, I really we going to take it as. But, yeah, man, good trade. I think that's the biggest trade that's worth talking about. But of course, we have New Orleans listeners, so they got a big addition. This was prior to the trade deadline. They was able to get CJ McCollum. They sent away Josh Hart and uh, Nah. <laughs> and um, in return, they got CJ McCollum and um, who else they got, Ramon? Yeah, so basically, uh, CJ McCollum, Larry Nash Jr., and also Tony Snell are heading to New Orleans, even though Larry pieces. Nash Jr. will be out for a while. Uh, and on the other end, Josh Hart, uh, Thomas Sodoransky, Nah, as you said, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and uh, Didi Luzada uh, will be heading, you know, over to Portland. Man, they got Didi Luzada? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's the headline of the deal. Uh, headline of the deal. And then it also includes a protected first-round pick and two second-round picks that's uh, essentially heading to uh, to Portland as well. I think those are solid, uh, solid pieces. I, I, you know, you getting CJ McCollum. I think that's something that's gonna put a bandaid on your absence of Zion to add on along with Brandon Ingram. I know they hate to see Josh Hart go because I think he's a solid, solid rotational player. But I mean, to get CJ McCollum, I'm, just, I'm interested to see how it's gonna work when Zion gets back. But for now, 
I think that is really good. Um, I thought it was interesting when they interviewed CJ McCullough. He, one of the things that he was most excited about, he said he was a part of the process, which was surprising to me. And he said he was eager to play with Brandon Ingham. So I'm I'm interested to see that because you just went from playing with one of the top five players in the NBA to say that you not taking them away from Ingram. B.I. is a top 15, top 20, not nah, top 20 player in the league. But, you know, you know, you go from Dame top five to top 20. I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm buying it. Yeah, uh, like you said, it, it's going to be a, a good, you know, pickup for them right now, especially to give a additional scoring punch, you know, until Zion comes back. We know that CJ is pretty much, you know, a guaranteed 20 that you have right there. I think he's averaging a little bit over 20 for the season. So uh, that's another bucket that you got. You know, it's going to be interesting when Zion comes back uh, to see how this team can, if slash when Zion comes back, to see how this team can close the season. I mean, they started off one and 12 and, and people felt like that was pretty much it, that they were going into the dumps and that they were kind of contending for the number one pick or so. But they've actually played themselves into the point to where if the season ended today, they would be in the play in tournament. And so, you know, let's just see how things fall. Once and to say back. that you're competing for a spot in the play in games with, with a LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Lakers. I mean, that's saying a lot, isn't it? It, it's not <laughs> I, I tried wish. to make myself feel better You're some right. kind of way you pied over there huh you pied <laughs> over there just like Lois you pied but uh Pieding. yeah yeah but I mean I think it's a, an interesting pickup it's a good pickup for them and it's something that you know could make them kind of a, a dangerous team to see in the play-in I mean when you see and you have a guy like CJ McCollum next to a Brandon Ingram and if you get a healthy Zion Williamson you still got Valanchunas over there. You know, they, they got some pieces. You know, maybe Larry Nance does get healthy and he can get in the rotation. So, you know, they, they got some things to work with, uh, you know, at, at the Pelicans right now. And so it's just interesting to see how things will progress as the season goes on. Yeah, I think it's just it's, it's, it's positive news, right? You know, it's, you can't – they didn't give up much. And I think um, – I think it's, it gives them a, a, like you guys have been talking, it gives them a veteran. It gives them something to look forward to with this team. You know, it's just, we look at Zion, we look at all the things that's kind of been going on with this team, being inconsistent. It gives them a guy that has been consistent, that has been to the playoffs every year that he's pretty much been in the league. So you, when you look at that, you know, you just, you, it gives the team confidence around you. When you have Brandon Ingram who can score with the best of them, when you have a Valentunas who, who is a double-double machine on his best days. And then, obviously, you bring athletic Zion Williamson. So it's going to be interesting to see how things happen, how it shake out. Um, They're obviously not title contenders or anything like that. They still a friends play all team. But, you know, it still gives them something to talk about. You know, they're they're more exciting than they were yesterday. You know, and that's, that's how I look at the deal. Man, shout out to Nola, man. 99.1 opinionated bench warms can be found on the radio. 99.1 FM in the New Orleans and Baton Rouge areas, man. As part of the Simplest of Mind show weekly on Thursdays, 9 a.m. to noon. Yeah, I like that plug. I thought it was, I thought it was kind of, you know, appropriate because we talk about New Orleans, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But fellas, we didn't come here to talk about trades in the NBA. No, we didn't. You know what? You ruined it for me. You know, <laughs> we're here to talk about the Super Bowl. Of course, the L.A. Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The, the stage is set. 
the the you know uh it's supposed to be a, a good super bowl we got joey b of course coming up that gruesome knee injury only he would be able to pull it off to find himself back in the super well, to find himself in the super bowl in his second year of being in the nfl that's joey b all day the intangibles are there a big solid matchup i'm excited to watch it i think it's actually gonna be a good game um I'm going to watch it at home because I'm I'm a nerd. I, I like to I like to hear commentators and and game al- analysis. So I probably won't be doing too much. But man, what what you guys are doing? Let's ease into this thing. You know what you guys doing for the game? Yeah, I'm, I'm more like you. You know, especially when it's my team in there, um, being the Rams in the Super Bowl. I I don't I don't like too much going on around me. I'm too locked into the game. You know, I don't. I don't like to talk during the game. I'm just that type of person that I want to, like you, hear the commentary. I'm going to have my comments. I want to be locked into the game. I don't – you know, there's some people that are casual fans of teams that will talk during the game, get up, and, you know, go to the fridge. I'm only moving during timeouts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm only moving during halftime. I'm only taking bathroom breaks then. I'm not missing a play. And this has been – forever for me. This is not just playoff games. This is not just Super Bowl games. This is any game. I'm locked in when I'm watching the game. And so I'm the same way. I'm going to chill at, at home. And I had a couple people ask, hey, you going to throw a Super Bowl party? Like, nah, that's, I mean, I got a host. That mean, I'm missing the game. It's not going to be a good experience for me. <laughs> Maybe you guys will have a good experience, but it's not going to be a good experience for me. So the answer was no. I'm going to enjoy this game in the comforts of my home, quietness, kids running around, the wife already know, hey, don't talk to him during the game. <laughs> the stress level is high. That's just how it works, man. I just, I, it's, I'm a different guy when it comes to game time. I put on the whole game face. I put the paint under my eyes. You know, I build up a little sweat under my arms. It, it's game time. Not really, but not, not the sweat under the eyes and all that stuff. But everything else, I, I really lock in. So, um, but that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh, before getting into my plans, bro, Rob, can you imagine if we got a dollar for every time Lowe says something about the Rams being in the Super Bowl over these last couple of weeks? Man, like we would be, we'd be rich men. We'd be rich men right now if we had a dollar for every time we had to hear about the Rams or Lowe's being a Rams fan or any of that type of stuff. Uh, but my plans will kind of probably be pretty similar. I'm just gonna stay pretty low key. Uh, for the game as well uh, might be just with a little bit of family but like probably no more than four or five of us that'll be together watching the game so not gonna be a huge game party uh, just get back sit back and enjoy it you know like I typically do uh, and so it'll be a, a pretty good time pretty good time so guys before we get into predictions and anal- all the boring stuff that the people tune into our podcast for the analysis of the game man what's your favorite Super Bowl snack Favorite Super Bowl snacks? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you call it a snack, but I'm a big chicken wing person, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know if you if you call it a snack. Like, that's yeah. kind of like the meal or whatever. But I'm hey, a big man. chicken wing yeah, person. Yeah, I'm a you know? chicken wing. I'm a chicken wing person too, man. Yeah. I, you know, I got a little spot out here. You know, I gotta find the best chicken kind. I'm a chicken connoisseur myself. I gotta find the best fried chicken wing spot. And wherever I'm located at, I knew where it was in Baton Rouge, and that's the blue store. And, and I found my little, my- <laughs> yeah, I, I and I found my spot. I found my. It ain't the blue store, but it'll do. It'll yeah. suffice. You know what I'm saying? I found it out here, so definitely gotta in Lafayette. So I definitely gotta you know tap into that. 
But uh, yeah, that that's definitely. But a, a, a close second, bro. I, I like Rotel too, man. I got oh, have can't go wrong. Yeah, I gotta have some Rotel with yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? But but even the thing about eating all this stuff is that you be sleep and like in like you be you miss the whole first quarter because you be depending on how much you ate and when you ate it, <laughs> you be knocked out, bro. It's over, with, especially you, especially you. Chill out, chill out, <laughs> man. That the listeners don't need to hear all that. <laughs> Man, what's up, Los? Man, what's your favorite Super Bowl snack, man? Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I know my boy Mon, her mom went with uh, chicken wings, but I, I got I like me a good dip, man. Ain't nothing like a good rotel dip. You know what I'm saying? It got a little spice to it. Got the ground meat in there, and then you got the uh, the sausage in there too. Ain't nothing sausage. like a good not sausage like that. You know the. Uh, uh, it's like ground meat, but you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, pork, pork ground meat? Yeah, there you go. Pork sausage in there, man. Yeah. With the ground meat in there, a little kick to it, you know, on the rotel. So I like a good chip and dip. Chip and dip. I ain't gonna lie, man. I got a, I got a couple of witnesses around me, man. I might make, I put my rotel up against anybody, bro. I think, you know, I think uh, I make I make some pretty good rotel, man. I ain't gonna lie, bro. We gonna, I'm gonna have to. You know, I'm gonna have to let y'all sample that, but yeah, man, I, I hadn't decided yet. I may probably make some rotel and do the chicken wings, like Ramon said. But if you want some chicken wings, you better put in your order now because I'm sure everybody having the same idea. We're gonna get into it, man. Um, the Super Bowl is among us, uh, the LA Rams, the Cincinnati Bengals. We are finally here. Uh, I'm expecting a good game here. I'd be disappointed if it was any any less than that uh the Rams are coming in at a three and a half favorite right now after opening as four points favorite so the spread has dropped a little bit just a half a point but I mean it's it's not significant I mean it you know we know that this thing could be a toss-up right now uh the majority of the company comp (laughs) the majority of the country is favoring the LA Rams to Carlos's delight to win this thing um, but we're not going to, we're going to get into our predictions a little later. Uh, but, uh, for first impressions of this matchup, uh, I think that one of the things that I'm looking forward to seeing is how Joey B performs. Will this be, will this stage be, um, will this stage be too much for him? Uh, how he will perform, how Jamar Chase will be going, being on the stage and having to face Jalen Ramsey, one of the best corners in the NFL. Uh, and how that line is going to hold up against Aaron Donald. I really feel like that's what a story is. The offensive line has been, for Cincinnati, has been horrid all year long, and now here they are facing a double attack of Von Miller and Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, the best football player, position doesn't matter, best football player in the NFL. I mean, talk about it. What are your first impressions on that alone? Uh, I guess, like you said, chiming in uh, just on the game in general and, and, and what you were just saying with Aaron Donald and the Lions situation, um, really the Rams so far has been graded as the top pressure unit in the NFL. And so, you know, a lot of that is contributed to that deep line that's really led, like you said, by Aaron Donald and what Von Miller has been doing. And in the AFC Championship alone, uh, Joe Burrow faced pressure on 40% of his dropbacks. Like, that's not a good sign for what this D-line can do. And so, like you were saying, I do think that that's the biggest component of that of this game 
is how well uh, can that O-line play? How can they step up? I believe that they're going to have to, uh, obviously, Cincinnati is going to me have to run the ball effectively. Uh, so I'm looking for Joe Mixon uh, to maybe potentially have a big game, a big output. But also, too, he's going to have to get heavily involved in the screen game as well because that pass rush is going to be, you know, coming consistently. And so uh, they're going to have to make sure that they can throw him off with a couple of screens here and there. So like you said, you know, there's different factors to it. Uh, you mentioned even Joe with the moment. I don't think that any moment uh, will be too big for Joe. It's just the way that he's wired. I don't think it'll be too big, but there's a lot, you know, to see, you know, seeing Odell get this opportunity in his career has kind of been his redemption season. And so uh, seeing him on the biggest stage, seeing what Matthew Stafford is finally going to be able to do, you know, after all those years that he was left, you know, in Detroit with a, a roster that really wasn't built out well around him outside of Megatron. And he goes to L.A. in his first year and they're in the Super Bowl, you know, seeing how he performs on the stage. What is it even going to look like from a crowd dynamic? You know, I know that technically it's a home game for the Rams, but they're saying that potentially there may be more Bengals fans in the stadium. Uh, it, I've been hearing the reports of that. So just seeing those different dynamics, like it's a lot of different storylines that are around there uh, that make this game to me really intriguing to see. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it, it is interesting. You know, this again, this is the second um, time that back-to-back, this is the second time that a team is playing in their home field um, in the Super Bowl, hosting it. So we went 50-plus years of the NFL and never having it. And then back-to-back years, you have the Bucks hosting the Super Bowl and ultimately winning. And then, obviously, you have the Rams coming in and hosting the Super Bowl and hoping, hopefully have the same result. <laughs> but it, it's interesting because, you know, from the dynamic of the Rams, you get to stay in their same routine. Right. They don't have to change anything. They get to practice where they practice normally. They can shut out all the noise. They don't have to travel. Um, they don't even do the big media day like they usually did in previous past. They can shut out the noise and focus. So down to the Rams, they're going to have their own sideline that they normally have during football games. They get to keep their uh, locker room as well during the games. Um, so that is good, too, from just a human aspect of being familiar with what you're doing, having your routine, going into the game, you know, also you going home to your family at night, having that comfort level and being able to come into that game, come into the game focused. And so that alone gives that team an edge. Now from the aspect of the Rams won't have their normal PA announcer hyping up the crowd and doing that thing, doing that type of thing. It is a mutual, um, mutual game as far as the colors and the stands and there's going to be a Bengals end zone is going to be a Rams end zone. The colors that you see around the stadium is going to be mutual. It's not going to be Rams out. It's going to be both teams color kind of mixed in there. So from that aspect, I think it's interesting just kind of seeing how that all play out. But from a comfortable aspect, the Rams are coming in with that slight edge. And so moving into the game, I look forward to just the matchup up front. How will everybody in America know where the biggest mismatch is? And it's the officer line versus the use line. Okay, the Bengals also know that. How will they come into the game and change that? How would they um, play against that? Would they get rid of the ball quick? You know, are they going to do screen plays? You know, when they take their shot plays, are they going to leave extra protection in? So it's going to be interesting to see how they how they play against that all game because, like you mentioned, Ramon, the Rams are number one in pressure rate. You know, Von Miller has, is number one in pressure rate pressure rate throughout the playoffs and Aaron Donald is number three or four. I'm sorry. 
And so you have those two guys alone, and you mix in Leonard Floyd, and you get a healthy Sebastian Joseph Day, who's missed all the playoffs. You get him coming back. And not only to mention the Rams' defense, they had to run through the playoffs without their starting linebacker. He just came back last week on a pinch count in Ernest Jones, the rookie, and so they had to rely on a guy, Troy Reader, who hasn't played well all year. And so when you look at that, and now you bring in Eric Ruddle, who led the team in tackles. This dude was sitting on his couch a month ago or three weeks ago. He led the team in tackles. He's coming in as the green dot player. He's going to be the player that's going to be calling the plays. That's huge because now you free up your linebackers. They don't have to worry about calling the plays. They just worry about doing their job. You have a safety that's coming in there that's going to call the plays after only being with the team three weeks, learning a new system. That speaks of how great Eric Ruddle um, is. And he said to himself that this will be his last game. I know that's a long-winded answer there, but I just wanted to kind of give those small details to the listeners. And um, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be fun. Eric Weddle, Eric Weddle says it's his last game, but I didn't think he'll be out there today. He's like, oh, the Rams are going to be in the Super Bowl? Okay, I'll join them. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, I guess another storyline kind of will be like the Odell redemption story. I don't think that should be overlooked and just his career path. Uh, who would ever thought at the beginning when he was with the Cleveland Browns that he'd be in the Super Bowl now? Yeah, I mean, he, what a story. And even when he talked to Jacina Anderson after the game, you know, he, he said, I told y'all. You know, it just goes to show you sometimes it's just about placement. You know, it's about being in the right situation and being happy. You know what I'm saying? Being surrounded by people that believe in you. You know what I'm saying? Or simply having a quarterback that can get you the ball, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, that's another topic for another day, but you know, it's, it, he is a redemption story and, you know, he, he hasn't been good since his Giants days, which seems like forever ago, but he's still relatively young, 29 years old. And he's still got some good years on him. He's not the, the, the guy that can take a slant all the way to the house like he used to, but he still has good hands. He still can go up and track the ball he still can make clutch catches. And so, you know, for that aspect, you know, I hope that the Rams can bring him back. But it, it is a good story to see him in the Super Bowl. And I don't know if you guys saw the clip, and I would advise the listeners to, but that clip of, you know, Jarvis Landry pretty much coming on the Zoom call and talking to Odell about, you know, how much he meant to him in his career and how they pushed each other and how happy he was for him. That, that's huge to see. And I love to see that brotherhood and him to even support him, even though leaving him – you know, in Cleveland, he still supported him throughout. So it's it's a it's a it's a beautiful story. I would love to see him get a ring. No, I agree with that as well. I would definitely love to see that redemption story. And it brings to me to the forefront just, you know, so much of an LSU dynamic through that. You know, it's something that we can't gloss over. You know, that we all have our roots in Louisiana. We've all attended LSU, you know, we all spent time there. And so uh, it, it's one thing that, that we can't gloss over, you know, LSU leading the NFL with six players being in the Super Bowl, you know, you having two Rams and Andrew Whitworth and Odell being over there. And then you having four Bengals with uh, Joe Burrow, with Jamar Chase, with Tyler Shelvin and with Thaddeus Moss over there. And so, you know, I think that that's an interesting dynamic as well. Uh, another thing of seeing that so far, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have not lost a playoff game together. Like, you look at their LSU run, they ran through the playoffs. They have not lost a playoff game together in the NFL to this point. And so to think about how dynamic 
that duo has been to think about coming into the season and coming into the draft, all of the discussion that was around. Obviously, we know that that offensive line needs to be built out, but all of the discussion that was going around between Jamar Chase and Panay Sewell and seeing how Jamar Chase has really helped to elevate this team. You know, this team is not, in my opinion, in the Super Bowl at this point if Jamar Chase isn't selected with that number five overall pick to help elevate and take this offense to another level, to give them a true alpha, to give them a true number one. So, man, it, it's just so many stories. There's so many dynamic things, you know, that you could talk about. And, and like I said, you know, just seeing the beginning and the budding stages of that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase connection and what that duo is going to mean to the league for years to come. So just so many things that we can look at, man. Yeah, and they're getting started early. Uh, just to kind of go after Joe Burrow, if you remember, you know, he was having a great rookie season, but then he tore, he had a gruesome knee injury. Some was questioning if he'll ever be the same type of player. And what does Joe Burrow do in typical Joe Burrow's uh, fashion? Not only does he come back, but he lands his team in the Super Bowl. And just him being under center, taking Cincinnati somewhere where they've never been, Andy Dalton was able to take them to the playoffs many years but never was able to get over the hump was, was always a first round exit out of that wild card round. So it, it, it to see Joe Burrow take this team, you see those fellas, they really believe in Joe Burrow. Uh, he's just a natural born leader. Uh, he's, he's, you know, everybody just likes him. I mean, you, you look at, you know, even Baton Rouge in Louisiana, you know, Cincinnati, a Cincinnati Bengals fan, just because of what Joe did for LSU, uh, just the impact that he's had on, you know, football in general, uh, he's going to have a lot of people rooting for him. And, you know, he's that underdog. And it's like we talked about with Tom Brady. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not saying he is Tom Brady, but uh, just a lot of the intangibles that he displayed uh, and the way that a team rallies around him. You know, I, I couldn't, I think that if there was anybody that you could point to and say, hey, look, this, you know, if there was another Tom Brady budding, it would be him. And it's just, you know, his confidence and it's just his confidence is, is contagious. You know, even in that offensive line, his offensive line played terrible, terrible against the Raiders in that, in that first round, but still in that, in that second round, you would never know that because he bounced back and, you know, he was able to have success uh, in the next round, but, you know, Joe Burrow, I mean, what, what, what you have to say about that, Ramon? I know that you, you know, you, you've, you've spoken on him in the past really well, how can you articulate this guy being in his second season, being in the Super Bowl? I mean, it's literally amazing what this guy, you know, has done. When you look at a three to four year span of, you know, winning a national championship, you know, winning the Heisman Trophy, getting to the Super Bowl and then having an opportunity to win that and potentially be a Super Bowl MVP. Like, it, it, it's just amazing. And, and you really kind of alluded to it and things that we talked about in the past. To me, he has kind of that that winning feel like a Tom Brady but it's just all of the intangibles with Joe you know you may look at quarterbacks around the league and say okay this guy has a stronger arm you may look at some quarterbacks and say maybe this guy you know ha has a little bit you know is a little bit more accurate or you may say you know that this guy's a little bit faster than Joe but it's it's the intangibles it's the leadership qualities it's the the belief that he instills as you were talking about in the rest of the team you know there were guys that came and joined the Bengals free agency wise 
that felt just after seeing Joe Burrow for the few games that they saw him last year, that they felt that this guy could lead that franchise to new heights. And so they signed up for that. And so you're going to continue to me to see that, you know, you saw how he came and lifted the LSU program in that year, you know, to the, to the greatest season that we've ever seen before. And no one would have thought in his second year, his second year after not having a full rookie season that he would be in the Super Bowl, you know, knocking off, the number one and number two seed in the AFC. Like, it's nothing short of amazing. And, and, and the thing about it at this point, nothing that Joe does anymore just shocks me because he's instilled that belief in me as a fan just watching him that I think that Joe is going to get it done when he steps out there. So hats oh, wow. off to him. He, he kind of alluded to your prediction later on, Ramon. You kind of getting a little heavy. <laughs> so you got a little excited there, didn't you? Yeah, uh, I forgot. I got a pod like low, so I got to step back right there. <laughs> Lowe's don't have anything to say about the opposing quarterback's team. Huh? Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> <Here> you <go. laughs> they had a good run. No, no, <laughs> no, I would just say the Bengals have played. I mean, I think you guys would agree with this beyond their abilities and beyond what we expected this year. You know, we probably thought they were going to be out around to even them making the playoffs this year. We thought, was big and huge for the Bengals and that organization being two years removed from being having the number one pick, right? And so we, we know they that this time that they have played beyond where we expected them to play. And so um and I and for that I hats off. And it's only been that guy that we've been talking about, Joe Burrow. You know, it's like they're only in this situation because of Joe Burrow. You know, I know he has some good weapons and stuff like that. But the only reason we're talking about them and them having a chance to win this is because of Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? And so I just wanted to make that clear. And, you know, and this guy has been knocked down. Well, guess what? He get back up. Sacked nine times against the Titans. Got back up still. On the, on the other side of that, you have Tannehill throwing three interceptions, right, and the team taking advantage of that and keep, keeping the door open. But him being sacked nine times and being sacked, the mo- one of the most sacked quarterbacks this year, and still getting this team to where they're at is just speaks to what type of player he is, you know, and we all know it. We all know the play. Everything changed for Joe Burrow during that LSU game when he got blindsided and the linebacker came and stood over him. Every, everybody knows that play and that's the play that sticks out. And so the, the, it, it changed everything, you know, and he went on the run from that on and to win the championship. And so then you think about last year, right? him getting tearing his ACL, MCL, and all that stuff, all right? He said, you guys can't get rid of me that soon. He tweeted that out. You can't get rid of me this this easy. I'll be back. And, look, his first full year where he got his team, the dude is different. The dude is different, and and I have so much respect for him. And, you know, he's going to give his team a a chance. This is not going to be by any means an easy win for the Rams. This is a team that's – they have a head coach that's familiar with Sean McVay that went to the Super Bowl last time with Sean McVay when the Rams lost to the Patriots back in 18. And so he's familiar with this team. This is by no means going to be an easy game for the Rams. And I hope, I hope the Rams is not coming into this game thinking, okay, yeah, we're going to go ahead and win this game and take this team lightly because they're going to punch us in the mouth. And I really think this is going to be a good game, a good close game. And, um, you know, We'll see how it turns out. I, I ain't going to jump ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good segment, man. But before we get into our predictions, of course, there's always a matchup within a matchup. 
I'll start first, but I just wanted to know, you know, I just want to kind of share what is our uh, matchup that we'll be looking at the closest. Mine, I, I alluded to it earlier, is Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey. I'm going to see Jamar Chase has been uh, phenomenal in these NFL playoffs, has had a phenomenal year. Uh, offensive rookie, offensive player, I mean, offensive rookie player of the year on my book, if if not, I mean, I think he could have been eligible for offensive player of the year in general. Um, but, you know, just the season that he's had, but, I mean, I want to see him against Jalen Ramsey. I mean, Jalen Ramsey had already said this week that I feel like I'm the best. I've been the best corner in the league for a few years now, and I feel like I'm the best in the world. Well, he's going to have to prove it on uh, Sunday, on the biggest stage there is. So I'm going to be playing very close attention. I think if Jamar gets the best of, of uh, Jalen, I think it's safe to say that Jamar may be opening up in that come. I think he's in, he's in the top ten, and he's six for me. <laughs> But if he if he is able to dominate Jalen and have that that Jamar Chase type game that we're used to seeing so far in his rookie year, I I definitely would put Jamar Chase in my top five receivers of all time. I mean, not all time, not of all time. I'm saying, uh, in general, top five current wide receivers in the game up there with DeAndre Hopkins, um, and and those cats. So that's that's the matchup I'm looking for. To I hope that Jalen. Lowe's probably could speak on this. I don't know how y'all usually do it. I hope that he's shadowing uh, Jamar the whole time. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to that matchup. Yeah, um, he's, he won't shadow him the whole time. We haven't – He, I, I really believe the game plan is going to be shadow him on key plays. Other than that, we're probably going to send some type of double on him, put some type of double him. But he won't shadow him the whole game. We haven't done that since last year, um, you know, and any time that Jalen has shadow players, it's been on key downs, third downs, red zone, things like that. And so we're going to see the matchup here and there. Don't get me wrong. We're going to see the matchup, but it won't be a him following him around. The Rams have decided with Jalen Ramsey that he's too valuable of a player. They want him in close to the line. They want him uh, in on run plays and teams have gotten smarter later in the year last year they would just take their number one receiver and run him down the field. And there goes one of our best players that has zero impact on the game while everything is going on. So Rams have decided to put Jalen in situations in the star position, which is kind of the slot closer to the, the line and put him in there to make key tackles, to, um, to affect the game in different ways, to blitz the quarterback, to do different things um, to affect the game besides just shutting down the number one receivers. So I hope to see the matchup. But my favorite one is, uh, I would say, uh, the offensive line against defensive line. That's what I want to see. Um, you know, I want to see how they line stand up against our defense, against the Rams' defensive line. So that's my matchup. Yeah, uh, Rob, I mean, you already pretty much covered mine. I agree with you. I'll definitely be tuned in watching that Jalen Ramsey-Jamar Chase uh, matchup. I think that that's, you know, must-see TV for the times that they will be matched up. Uh, together, even with him not shadowing him or following him all the way. I think that still, like, that's must-see TV. Um, and then also, too, you know, not that I'm so much rooting for him, but I would like to see uh, Cooper Cup uh, humble Eli Apple a little bit, a couple routes out there, just kind of humble Eli Apple. But Yeah, Ramon. Yeah, Ramon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ramon. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, those are good things. The game's within the game. So let's not hold out any longer, man. Let's get into it, man. 
I went I went first last time in the last round. So who's going first this time? Scores and predictions. I guess it's out of me and Ramon because I know those want to go last probably. Okay. Oh, no, so go. is it scoring predictions and Super Bowl MVP? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll yeah. rock it like that. So I, I guess what y'all want me to go first? You want me to lead off? Yeah, I guess you lead off from Yeah, I'll go ahead and lead off. Um, <clears throat> so as you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, kind of tipped my pick a little bit. Uh, going into this game, though, you know, I do feel that to me on paper, I think the Rams are a better team on paper. Uh, I think that, you know, when we talk about that defensive line matchup against that old line, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a tough day. And we saw that that was kind of a big differentiator really in the Super Bowl last year that made the, the big difference. Uh, but ultimately, for me, the game is not pay, played on paper. Uh, I picked against Joe Burrow in the AFC Championship, uh, and I've decided I'm not picking against that guy again. Uh, I'm going to wow. have to go ahead and, and take Cincinnati in this game, and I'm going to take them 27-24 in a really close game. My belief in the Bengals comes from believing in Joe Burrow. Wow. Wow. Okay. 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 So as we sit here and talk, I, I, I was stout. I was stout. I was like, man, I got to go Rams. I got to go Rams. I was like, man, it's no way. And then we got to talking about how great Joe Burrow has been throughout the past three, four years in general. And then we start talking about how talented Jamar Chase is. And we start talking about how Zach Taylor, as Lowe said, head coach of the Bengals was actually uh, on staff with McVeigh. I mean, I, I really was just trying to just stay, you know, trying to pick with my head on paper. And it didn't it didn't phase me. I, I think that the Rams will win this. Uh, I, I do think it'll be close. Uh, but I, I, that the, the trenches really concern me. And the Bengals issues on the offensive line, um, we know that the foundation of a team is their offensive line. And if you can't protect Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, as talented as he is, He's not going to be able to function. And um, I think that, that Aaron Donald will get there. Von Miller will get there often and early. And I don't think that it will – I don't think that – I think it will knock them off course. Um, I do think it will be close. Um, my final score is 34-27 Rams. And, yeah, I, I just – you know, I can't go against – you know, when the offensive line is that poor, I can't, I can't rock with it. And, but I hope that I'm wrong, though, because I like Joe. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Um, I, I, I think uh, um, I lost my thought. I had a, a good thought on it. But I, I got the Rams obviously winning um, here. And um, you think – there it is. I got it. You think back to the Chiefs games, right? You watch that first half. There were people calling out and saying, oh, the Bengals don't even have a chance, right? Because they were getting beat so bad in that first half against the Chiefs. And we obviously know what happened in the second half. And just listening to that – and seeing how they got down in that game and they playing the right way. And then they made those, those adjustments and the Rams have been a team that allowed teams to come back. Um, I think with listening to the Rams and their press conference this, this week, they, they've been focused on one job. Even when they celebrated after beating the 49ers, they said, we got one more. Let's not celebrate. We got one more. So you can tell this team is focused. I don't see the Rams leaving this game without winning. I just no way I see them leaving this game without winning. Um, I think the score is going to be 31-21 Rams, and um, I think it's going to start off close. I think it really is going to start off interesting, get the jitters and stuff out, but I think the Rams are going to, by experience of being there, have more players that played in the Super Bowl, and, um, you know, last Super Bowl, Sean McVay overanalyzed and, you know, stayed up and did too much to only score three points. I think this time around he gets it right, 
I think that, you know, he has his quarterback that he's he trusts now. And I think they find a way to get this dub. And again, Burrow's gonna give him a fight because Burrow is special. But I think it's gonna ultimately, you know, the, the Rams are probably gonna win by 10 points, 31-21. All right. I like it. I like it. So Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl MVP, Ramon, go ahead and give us your uh I'll I'll lead it off. Uh I'm really conflicted with this. Uh, I've been tossing going back and forth between two guys because I actually think that Joe Mixon is going to have a big impact in this game I think he's going to need to have a big game so he's my wild card but I'm gonna have to just roll with my guy Joe Burrow my whole reason for taking Cincinnati is my belief in Joe and I just believe on that biggest stage he's going to show up and so my Super Bowl MVP is going to be Joe Burrow my Super MVP being that I picked the Rams you would think that you would pick the quarterback but I'm expecting Aaron Donald like I said, with the offensive defensive trenches, be have a big game. I think Aaron Donald, I think he's gonna have a really, really big game. And I don't think he's gonna have that. Oh my God, look how they got three people on him and he's still able to create a rush on the quarterback. No, it's gonna be Aaron Donald's gonna be all up in Joe Burrow's grill. He's gonna end up with three or four sacks, maybe a forced fumble here or there. Like, I think he's going to have a big game, and I think that he's going to have one of those Von Miller games. Uh, ironically, they're teammates now. Maybe he'll end up getting Super Bowl MVP like Von Miller did in 2015 when the, when the, when the Broncos beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl 50. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I'm going to keep it simple just because of the storyline and everything that's been talked about. I'm going to go with Matthew Stafford. You know, I just think looking at how he's been in a situation where he was not – winning you know he never won a playoff game until this year and I think um that storyline just plays too well you know I think about the NFL you always think about the storylines right I think this is going to be a game where they always said every week he has the most pressure on him he has the most pressure on him and again they come into this game he has a lot of pressure on him he's at home he has to perform well I think he, he steps up in this situation just like he did against the Bucks guess just like he did against the 49ers I think he steps up he makes some key plays it, it, I think it comes down to either Cup or Matthew Stafford in this game, who's going to be the MVP. Because if he throw three touchdowns to Cup, then it's going to probably be Cup as <laughs> the MVP since he won't get the season-long MVP. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to say really quickly. I'm glad you did shout out Cooper Cup, man. A lot of respect for Cooper Cup. And I really believe that for me personally, uh, in this playoff run, to me, he's been y'all MVP in this playoff run. To me, every time... Y'all have needed a big play. I know that Matthew Stafford is the one that has to get it to him, obviously. But to me, whenever a big play has been needed, Cooper Cup has stepped up and he's made the big play. So I'm glad that you pointed him out as well. Well, man, that just about does it, man. Good luck, Carlos, as you'll be watching your team nervous. I ain't going to bother you. I got. I, I usually would text you to mess with you, but I ain't going to mess with you, bro. I ain't going to mess yeah, with you. Don't call me for three, four days if we lose already. Right? I, I ain't tired <laughs> next week. Y'all don't have to do it by yourself. <laughs> I'll give you one day, bro, but I got to call you that second day, bro. I always let you – I always give you a two-day two cool-down session. But, yeah, man, should be good. Uh, check that out. L.A. Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals will meet in L.A. at SoFi Stadium for the Super Bowl this Sunday. Hope that you enjoy the games with the people that you love. Thanks for rocking with OB as we have set the table for you. Make sure that you're following o, uh, Opinionated Benchwomans on O underscore Benchwomans on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you are subscribed to, op to the Opinionated Benchwomans on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And catch us on the radio, Baton Rouge and New Orleans listeners on 99.1 FM on Thursdays weekly. 
9 a.m. to 12. We have a segment as part of the Simply Savon show. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get up out of here. We're going to enjoy the game. Uh, hopefully that you enjoyed this. And until next time, we'll see you later. Later.